0: This is the Mobile Marketing Minute with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge
1: and Greg Hickman.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mobile Marketing Minute or Moment. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untethered.TV.
2: And I am Greg Hickman with MobileMixed.com.
0: Greg, something landed yesterday, just yesterday. If you're watching this on Thursday, the day that we released this, just yesterday, a small operating system update ios 8 came out and we are here to demystify and enlighten from a marketing perspective what this means for you to get your word out through these devices or through this operating system man it was a big one though this was like one of the most monumental releases ever
2: it was it was uh it was kind of exciting and i am an android user so (laughs) that means a lot (laughs)
0: that's so great did it convince you to convert did the, any of these devices that they came out convince you to convert? Is their
2: marketing I'm not, effective? No, I'm not convinced yet. Oh. Um, I mean, my fiance is going to be getting one, so that'll be like my test. I need, to, I need to hold it. I'm not a big fan of the whole like pre-order, not hold on to it or anything kind of guy. So uh, yeah, I mean, they finally are starting to catch up to all the things that Android's been doing for the last four or five years. So it's nice to finally see them come around on that.
0: They they validate it, right? And maybe other guys validate it, and then and then Apple brings yeah, it to
2: mainstream. I, I'm not blaming them no. for it. I'm just saying it's like it doesn't. As an Android user now, it doesn't make me want to jump just because thou, now they're doing it. You know.
0: So Justin Timberlake and Jimmy, uh, oh yeah, Jimmy Fallon. That's right. Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon doing a commercial doesn't really uh, incite you to go out and buy right away.
2: Come no on. i do lo- i do love both of those guys though i do <laughs> i do love them.
0: jt and jf um so we're going to he- talk about uh you know some of the uh features that were- are baked into the operating system for that from a marketing standpoint you should know about these are things that are going to help you get your brand out in front of more people or else actually keep your brand prominent in front of your existing customers uh do you want to kick it off feature number one
2: yeah i mean i have i think i've why don't we list the things that we want to talk about and i'm sure there's gonna be overlap so i I have four go ahead um one is the notifications which sort of parlays into the push action buttons which everyone's talking about yeah uh um, i put on my list i'm not sure if this counts because it's part of ios but it's also part of the phone uh apple pay yep and the last one is yeah, that one's even, the last one is the uh, no more MAC address.
0: So no more tracking, right? Uh, this is this could be pretty big for uh, yeah. For yeah. So, well,
2: so we can. So are uh, there other other yep. things there that you have?
0: I I, uh, I brought in this concept because uh, there's a lot of location tie into the operating system. So Spotlight, remember the useless search engine? If you if you are an uh, iOS user and you've used Spotlight, it's been disappointing. Spotlight is a big thing for me, and also widgets. So we'll talk about widgets. So th- I think that those uh, are yes,
2: six oh, I things. thought I wrote. Maybe I wrote that, but yeah, widgets definitely. Widgets. As an Android user that excited me. Yes,
0: because they caught up with
2: Android, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Sort of, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so let's dive in. Where do you want to dive in?
0: Let's start. Let's start right away. Uh, let's why don't we
2: Why don't we tackle Apple Pay?
0: Like, let's just say, let's get Apple Pay out of the okay. way. All right. Because it's the big, okay. it's the big
2: behemoth. I think in this. Uh, so the thing i love about apple pay is that i don't know a year and a half ago um on an episode that i did with a co-host on my show um i basically said that there's no reason that apple should ever put nfc in their phone because of ibeacon because they had released their whole patent on ibeacon and all this stuff and the fact that they have, I don't know, depending on who you talk to, 500 to 800 million credit cards on file, you can actually basically just create a transactional portal through email address, which blows, I think, contactless payments out of the water, personally. But they combine the two, so I thought that was really impressive. Um, and, you know, they will be, because of Apple doing this, they will potentially bring NFC into full adoption. Um, we'll see. The, the disappointment, though, is that, which I think it will eventually, is that it doesn't track purchasing data. Right. It's so, anonymous. Or, for all of the marketers out there, businesses and stuff that were like, oh, I can't wait to like, know exactly what people are buying, um, it doesn't do that. Um, and actually, I have a, uh, the senior VP of Apple, um, Eddie Q, said that, um, we'll not be collecting information on what people purchased using Apple Pay, where they bought it, or how much they spent. The transaction is from you and your bank.
1: Charlie, is based on selling these. Our business is not based on having information about you. You're not our product. Our product is, are these, and this watch, and Max, and so forth. And so we run a very different company. I think, I think everyone has to ask, how do companies make their money? Follow the money, and if they're making money, mainly by collecting gobs of personal data. I think you have a right to be worried, and you should should really understand what's happening to that data. And the companies, I think, should be very transparent about it. Uh, From our point of view, you can see what we're doing on the credit card thing. We don't want it. We're not in that business. Uh, I'm offended by lots of it. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think people have a right to privacy. Uh, so I, and I think that's going to be a very key topic over the next year or so. And uh, we'll, we'll reach higher and higher levels of urgency as more and more incidents happen.
2: Um, so I do think that's important now though, um, that they do that because like they need to get consumers on board and there's with all the privacy breaches recently like they don't want to be a part of that so I think that's something that they're slowly over the next few years will get to. Um, They just want to get everyone adopted to it first and then it'll be like a field day for marketers so Hold on. <laughs> exactly. Hold on. Sit tight. Sit tight. It's coming. Um, but yeah, the the enabling of those 500 to 800 million credit cards on file is is going to be massive. And then tied to this iBeacon technology, I think just creates a, a more uh, customer friendly experience of when you walk in, you know, tied with the passbook, the card comes out and you know which ones you use. It's really simple. So uh, I'm excited to see where that goes.
0: It's Passbook for me. It's that integration. Finally, there's a, a use and a need for Passbook. I use it on yeah. you know, Starbucks and some uh, flight, some tickets uh, for airplanes, or airlines, mm-hmm. and also for my uh, grocery store loyalty card. But now they have a central spot that's really easy to get into for, uh, you know, for companies to manage loyalty, manage payments all from one spot inside of Passbook. So no longer do you need an app to be a part of this ecosystem. Right. And
2: I think that is huge from a marketing standpoint. Um, yes, yes. Well, iBeacon, you need an app.
0: You do, but uh, it needs to be enabled. But, so,
2: but it, Yeah, but the Apple Pay part, you do not need an app. No. Um, do you think it's interesting that Best Buy, Walmart, and was it Target?
0: Yeah, doing a uh, soft card
2: that oh yeah that aren't con- or, no
0: yeah it's, uh, con-, it's con uh what is, what is it it's currency currency is their uh is yeah their, currency yeah, yeah. they yeah. um I-, I think it's odd uh, I think it's weird I think it will last uh, all of maybe um months before they start to accept uh, before they accept start to accept Apple pay I think that they're going go to be forced to a year right yeah well yeah it, it, it is odd but especially with the clout that Apple has but they understand that this is a this is a winner take- all game right now and and uh, Apple's in the yeah. driver's seat with that that kind of clout so but it, it is huge so, yeah. it is huge from a marketing standpoint but what I like about just passbook is the contextual awareness so when you walk into a location it can bring yeah. up the cards that you need or the context with which uh, you, you're going to pay or your loyalty payment and I think that that is one of the big things for uh, for Apple pay there's much more to talk about with Apple Pay. It's going to be, uh, but we'll reserve judgment. I was one of the guys who also said, you know, NFC. There's no no way. Why would they ever do that? They got low energy Bluetooth. They got their beacon technology. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, because of China, right? I think yeah. it's it's pervasive over there. So all right. So Apple Pay. There's much more to talk about that, but we're trying to condense it down into yeah. big
2: pieces right here. So
0: huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge, huge, huge. Um, what about uh, here? I'll, I'll take a stab here at Spotlight, uh, which is something that yeah, everybody yeah. I uses. Didn't,
2: I didn't read too much about that yet, so enlighten me.
0: So, at the, you know, uh, right now, uh, Spotlight, when you look at the uh, your screen and you scroll down where the icons are, and if you pull down, you get this little search bar at the top. And uh, it was supposed to allow you to search pretty much everything uh, on the device, in your email, um, maybe even websites, you could go out and search the web. But what they've done with some location services now when they're turned on is actually added context. So they've added location to that. So if I pull down and I start looking for typing up restaurant names, it'll pull up, it'll go out to the web, and it'll pull up information, much like Siri does, which I think ties into this it'll pull up contextual information uh, uh, for restaurants that are nearby and i think that this is one of those absolute gems that is going to start to disintermediate the web and search portals, as a result of this, because they're going out there collecting the information that they need, and it could be based on your preference, your background, your history. It could be based on what's in your passbook. It could be based on a whole bunch of things. The apps that are in your uh, on your device, but they're going to come up mm-hmm. with relevant uh, businesses that are nearby to you, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, be good. Yeah. So right that from the screen. Yeah. So th- there's. Cool. There, I don't know how you optimize for that but uh you know the same way that siri does it when you type in siri find yeah. me restaurant it just goes out and pulls that information up so it's got to, you've got to be aware you've got to be there if you are that hyper local a business at that point so spotlight's right, right. interesting spotlight's very interesting to me
2: very cool i like it all right next uh I, the think. mac address i think is interesting
0: yeah uh, so explain um, that
2: yeah so typically devices are tracked down to a MAC address Um, and it's a number that doesn't change it's tied unique to every device Um, and that is a huge part of and was going to be a huge piece of the puzzle when it came to um, you know tracking devices accurately kind of and providing the appropriate attribution to the right device within this transactional experience, right? So like they get they get a message on their phone, they walk into the store, and then they buy with their phone or they buy with their card. How do you know that that was all the same person, the same device? Um, leveraging the MAC address definitely is um, w- w- was supposed to be a catalyst for that, or could have been. Um, so what they're doing now, and kind of I had to write this down a little bit. Um, so it basically what, how I interpret it was that Um, If iOS 8 devices broadcast their Wi-Fi probe requests, like when you're on Wi-Fi, like it's looking for this thing, but it's constantly changing the MAC address. So it's like shifting it to a unique MAC address. Obviously tracking these devices across and throughout stores or any other venue for that matter is going to pretty much become impossible. Um, What's the interesting part about it though uh, is that... um, iBeacon then kind of comes in, right? So, iBeacon uses something completely different, which is low-energy Bluetooth to enable, you know, iBeacon-aware apps. So, uh, you could now, iBeacon doesn't have the same exact quote-unquote goal as a MAC address, um, but iBeacon transmitters, for example, again, don't receive data. But when coupled with iBeacon-aware apps um, that can watch a device's position just as, many privacy-invasive other things can do, uh, that's where you can start to make uh, educated guesses on the behaviors that this person might be taking. So I think it's it sucks in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's all, again, Apple self-serving themselves to yes. really get people to incorporate iBeacon into the apps so that then they can get this data. So for the next two or so years where we can't track this stuff where we don't know what Apple Pay is buying. We're going to have to rely on incorporating iBeacon into our apps to really kind of be the enabler of that, which obviously is going to be a win for for Apple. Um, so again, I see that 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 all makes sense. It's a interesting chess move, um, power move so to speak. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting that they that they went that route.
0: So do uh, they they. Uh... They're not dumb. They're doing this for an absolute reason, right? Uh, so one hundred percent, we can see at some point an attribution product coming out of them. Uh, at some point, that uh, that showcases this. They're interested in this data. They must be, but but for privacy, right now they're not. They're not pro They're not willing to do that yet.
2: One of the articles I read mentioned um, Apple Register. Yeah. Have you heard of that? No. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Uh, so apparently, it's like uh, obviously a point of sale software that. You know, I'm sure that's gonna be another huge push, like you know, knocking Square, you know, out of the market potentially, uh, which will be interesting. So there's a, there's a lot going on there.
0: I mean, a- Apple plays in this ecosystem, and you can see it. Like, it seems kludgy at the beginning, but when they when they put it all together, it's like how how did they construct this? You know, Megatron based on little yeah. nuts and bolts, and all of a sudden it's like crushing everybody else. It's weird. What yeah. It's it like
2: once you incorporate iBeacon and you have all this stuff, it's like then I'm sure there's some sort of easy transition into like the iAd and like their whole advertising network and you know so it's it's just like one feeds the other it's
0: and you know i i often think are these are they protect are they building business or are they just protecting right because you know these could be billion dollar businesses but uh like one billion dollar businesses and um But when you've got 170 billion in the bank and you're doing 30 to 40 billion in profit per quarter, like you're you're talking about an insignificant business like iTunes is not significant to them, but from a from a loyalty and a central spot and the enabling them them to get 800 million credit cards, it it just it's it's the reason for their business. Like it's yeah yeah anyway, I, I like the strategy. Apple is a very unique company. All right. The other thing that uh, that I came that came to my attention was this concept of widgets, and there's two pieces to this because mm-hmm. there is a contextual aware um, uh, component to a lock screen, and then there's your widgets, which is what you know from Android, right? Where you can. Uh, so let me start with the. Uh, I'll start with the contextual side. You can talk about the widgets, but the contextual side. Uh, when they announced iOS 8, they talked about this really uh, great feature, which was uh, app discovery. Now, this might sound stupid, and, and it might not be something you might not think that this is marketing, but if you think about it for a second, you know, uh, loyalty l- happens from a consumer standpoint when you. Uh, go to a store many times, right? And then once you are comfortable with that store, uh, you're no longer, say, browsing their website for information. We talk about that often, Greg and I do, about the fact that you've you, when you become loyal, you you would most likely download an app, right? So instead of just browsing the website, you will download the Macy's app, for example, because you are a loyal customer to Macy's, right? Up here in Canada, I've got uh, President's Choice Loblaws. I've downloaded the Loblaws app because that's where I go every week for my groceries, right? It's, it's, that's how loyal I am. So now, uh, but discovery from apps is a very difficult thing. And especially if your business trying to usurp or take over business from say Loblaws, people aren't gonna download your app. So what they've got this is contextual aware uh, app notification. So when I walk into a store that is a partner with Apple right now, it's not available for everybody, but they said it would be, is that say I walk into a grocery store, a big chain, I go into a restaurant or an Applebee's or something like that, and it's in partnership with Apple. What ends up happening is that when I walk in and I look at my lock screen on my device, It shows this little gleaming little thing that says app available and it's the Applebee's app and I can click on that and automatically download that application uh, in context to the place that I am. So this is another marketing vehicle simply put on the lock screen that is very contextually aware that will help you, your customers discover that you have an app to be able to download. It's much better than going to a website and having, hey, download our app at the top, right? Um, it's limited rollout. I haven't seen anything like it yet, but Mm. this is a feature that is going to be coming to, to the lock screen of uh, iOS uh, eight, which is fascinating. That is interesting.
2: Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. So I actually have a, a, an episode of my show coming up soon that, um, it's not live yet, but I I read this study, which this kind of relates to it in that, uh, 46% of, it was like something like 46% of shoppers are less likely to search for competing offers when they're within your own app right that's huge so yeah which is huge so i mean like if you can create a good enough app that keeps people engaged um, and creates loyalty the you eliminate a lot of the chances for that customer to actually go out and seek something better right which is pretty pretty interesting significant
0: I like the idea of kind of, uh, um, I don't know, temporal or, or uh, temporary apps, right? So maybe I don't have to download the Applebee's app or the Macy's app, but when I'm in the store, that that thing, the you know basically beacon shines on the screen and I click on it and it gives me the app experience while I'm in there, but I don't have to download it. So it gives me a little bit of loyalty while I'm in the store and the option to download it comes later. But whatever mm. this looks like, it's gonna be interesting from a marketing standpoint. But I think that widgets, tie closely to this as well. Wouldn't you, wouldn't, don't you think yeah. that widgets are important?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, we're not talking about the watch, but like it, I feel like they mentioned the widgets more on the watch than they did uh, for the phone. So I'm, I'm still kind of looking to see what that is. But the, the interesting thing for me was that, you know, as, as an app developer now, you can create experiences that um, essentially can be added to the today view of the notification center. So um, what's interesting there is, you know, that's one of the main areas people go to to see what the heck's going on with their phone because every app is, you know, most of them are being, uh, you know, sending messages to that center. Now you can get uh, essentially above the fold. Like they, the, the consumer could have put your app five screens deep and now you have a way to just be at the front of the screen not all the time, because that'd be really annoying. But you know, a way to constantly be in, in right in front of that person in the one place that they're probably visiting, you know, possibly the most. Yeah,
0: I think that this is the kind of heralding the the opening or the beginning of uh, the notification operating system, right? And and uh, you know, it's not about the apps as much anymore as it is about who owns that pole position in the notification center. And I think. It's it's going to get fascinating to watch this as this rolls out. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much of this is becomes replicated on the op- other operating systems like Android, right? Because uh, Android pioneered yeah. quite a bit of this. Um, but you know, now they now it's it's up to them to see to to match this or surpass what what Apple's doing with iOS eight.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think this is actually a good segue into notifications. Yeah, um, which. I think are kind of merged with this whole push action thing. You kind of leverage these push action buttons with notifications. So, I think the interesting thing is now that um, you know push notifications are giving the user more control, which is obviously great. Um, But I think that's it gives an opportunity now to marketers because you know historically you'd get this notification, you'd say this is annoying, and you swipe swipe it away, and that was like the end of the experience. Where now um, there's like you have the ability to add different buttons like remind me later and and things like that, um, or save to, if it's a coupon like save to Passbook or mm-hmm. something. That um, over time, you know, the the apps that are triggering these notifications can be collecting data as to okay, well people are always saying you know read this later for this coupon. Like they're gonna, and, and then they start seeing when they are actually read, they're gonna be able to be more intelligent about when is the right time to send messages, you know? Right? So like so that me- message delivery is gonna be super interesting. Um, and then the on top of that, these push button um, actions or push action buttons can now deep link you into uh, into apps and even other uh, websites and stuff like that. That. Can start creating these um, like choose-your-own-adventure experiences. So it's like you can choose one or two paths, and then you know not just be like, oh, we can really only take you to one of them. Now it's like, boom, you can start sending people in more relevant, uh, more relevant paths that could be you know more optimal for conversion down the line, or just a much better way to acquire more data about. The behaviors of these specific app users. So I thought that was a huge, um, a huge win, and something you should link to in the resources of this episode is um, Urban Airship created a. Um, there, Urban for everyone that doesn't know, Urban Airship is a, a large provider of push notifications uh, within apps. They created like a guide, sort of like here are all the cool things that you could do with these push action buttons. Um, to kind of give get people's minds rolling with this. So uh, I just started diving into that. It's got some pretty cool stuff. Um, but I think that's going to be pretty big too from uh, apps being able to, or businesses being able to actually um, give the user a better experience while also still benefiting from using push notifications. I think that
0: it's so key and and we started to see this roll out in the us and and in canada which is twitter's buy button right so twitter becoming the classified section Mm -hmm. for uh, of the internet going from the the nervous system of the internet to the classified section of the internet i don't know if that's a great move Mm -hmm. but you can start to see the way that they think about buy right so if you for example Mm -hmm. were on uh um I, i don't know uh urban outfitters uh twitter account and you put that as a push notification uh, for notification around a product uh you could see those notifications being buy now right at some point buy now through mm-hmm. apple pay pay for the product right from a notification on your screen which i think is very 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 powerful ultimately at mm-hmm. some point yeah yeah or i don't know why i thought about urban outfitters i'm not urban airship probably is, is <laughs> that. so uh, is that it that, that those are those are the that's big all I things? Got. Yeah. Like and you know, you gotta to start to think is that we haven't touched on on the Apple Watch and it's and the way that it does payments and the way that it interacts with the devices. We haven't talked about the fact that they're doing a Snapchat like um Another episode. Yeah, Snapchat everything and temporary images and photos and videos and, and how you can leverage those. So we'll be back, obviously, as these things roll out. This has been the mobile hour. The mobile marketing <laughs> hour. Thank mobile you guys mean 25 minutes. <laughs> exactly. It's that important. <laughs> We didn't want to break it up into 25 episodes. We'll see you next time for the next episode of the Mobile Marketing Minute. See you, Greg.
1: Take care. Don't forget to come back next week for our
0: next episode.